light is that in the realm of the spirit, there are two kinds of darkness or when you talk about darkness, I talk about light. Um, so there is a tangible darkness that you see, but there is the darkness that is a realm. So there is a tangible darkness. Then there is the realm of darkness, or there is the darkness in itself that can come over a person or can attack a person or comes, you know, in the form of um, blindness, but there is also seasonal darkness. So there is the darkness that when you enter a room, there is no light. You turn on the light, you're like, oh, the room was very dark. And there is the darkness that, in fact, I want to leave the realm of darkness as the last. Then there is a seasonal darkness, which is the darkness of the night, the darkness of the evening. But there is also the darkness where um, from the kingdom of darkness, darkness comes and attacks a person. So you come into a season where it is almost like things are bleak. You can't see, you don't have a light image. You don't know what's going on. You know, the darkness that attacks your mind. And in the form of the darkness that comes from the realm of the darkness, there are different expressions of that darkness and different expressions of the attack of that darkness. So that darkness can be expressed in the form of a darkness on the mind where you can't see, you don't know, you don't have illumination. You just don't understand. And the way that manifest medically for some people is a form of depression, a form of hopelessness, where people are just like, I just don't know what to do. I just, I'm so confused. And you get overwhelmed easily. It's an attack of darkness, you know? And then there is also that attack that is not just on the mind, but it can be attack on you as a person, where it is almost as though people can't see you. Almost as though you are trying to speak, but you are not communicating. It's almost as though you don't exist, you are not there. And you are constantly, and darkness can come against even like your favor, can come against the things that God wants to reveal in your life and what God wants to reveal through your life. So there are different kinds of attack of darkness. And of course, there is the attack of darkness that it is expressed in terms of like, Things like sicknesses, and that's what the Bible describes as the walk of darkness. So there are the walks of darkness, like um, malice, gossip, you know, lying, cheating, and all of those things. Stop distracting me. And all of those things, um, those things are manifested and works of darkness. You know, so when those things begin to manifest, you know that there is an expression of the kingdom of darkness that is near, and there is an expression of the kingdom of darkness that is permeating and percolating and having its way in the midst of people or having his way in the life of a person. But you see, all these expressions of darkness come from a place that is the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness is embedded within the realm of darkness. So you see, there are different kinds of, um, of, of expressions of darkness. But you see, the kingdom in itself is where the government of darkness comes from, is where the legislation of darkness comes from, is where the policies of darkness comes from. Because you need to understand the Bible perpetually spoke in the New Testament about the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness because you see darkness has got a kingdom because for darkness to be able to effectively operate darkness needs a system darkness needs protocols darkness needs structure and so you need to understand what you are fighting and who you are fighting so when we talk about the invasion of light and we are praying for light to come we are not talking about just small lights that permeates through a glass in the morning we are talking about the invasion of a kingdom army we are talking about the invasion of a kingdom system. We're talking about the invasion of a kingdom structure in your life because you see the, it is a war of two kingdoms. It is a war of two kingdoms. It is a war of occupancy. That's why Jesus began to say, 
He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because it is a war of gates. I was talking to you guys the last time about gates and doors, which I didn't finish. I don't know if they sent my, my, my notes to, um, to the prayer groups, but I had sent my notes for it to be sent out. But when I was talking about the war of gates, I was saying to you that our Christianity is a battle of gates. It's a battle for gates. And that's why Jesus began to say, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what comes after the church is a gate. And we began to explain the other time about the meaning of gates and doors. And when I was explaining gates, I said one of the words, the root word for gate, one of the meanings is mind. And so I was saying that a wide open space, a gate is also indicated of your mind. And that's why when Jesus came out, he was saying, metanoia, metanoia, change your mind, change your mind, because your mind is the gate of which the kingdom advances. Your mind is the gate by which the kingdom enters in. Your mind is the gate by which the kingdom is established upon the earth. And I was explaining and saying, that's why the Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you, first of all, because the gate is first inside of you. And as you open up that gate, so many many things begin to flow into this world. And as we're praying, I began to say, lift up your head, O ye gates, lift up your head, O ye gates, because your head, first of all, is the gates. You are the gates. Your mind is the gates. And when I was making that prayer, I wasn't speaking about external gates. I was speaking about your gates, the gate of your mind, the gate of your spirit, the gate of your soul, because you are an entryway into the earth. And I was explaining about how men are the entryways into the earth and how men is the man is the one that stands to occupy the earth. And without a man, God cannot work the same way. Without a man, the enemy cannot work. So both realms need a man to operate. So you are standing between the war of two kingdoms and it is a war of illumination versus the war of darkness. That is the war. That is why when God was going to create, you look at the Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two. It indicates to you what is going on in the earth. And it begins to show you that one of the first things we see is a manifestation of darkness. It's a manifestation. So it gives you the foundational um, warfare that we are fighting. Darkness is the first thing that you see that invaded the earth. And one of the things I want to share with you today is when the Bible says, let light shine let light come forth and god said let there be light why i want to use share that word let is because it is so crucial because that word actually occurs i think 14 times in the new testament and about 1434 times throughout the bible the word let and every time the word let was used it wasn't used in the case of oh now let light or uh, light come or it wasn't used in the form of creating something new Actually, every single time that the word let was used, it was used in the form of permit, enable, or for the purpose of this, allow this thing that already exists to come forth. So God wasn't just creating light at that time. God was saying, allow the light that already exists to come. Allow the mountains that already exist to come. Allow the fishes that already So when he says, let there be, let this, let that, God was not talking about now creating. If you notice, there was hardly anything that God now created. God kept saying, let the trees come. Let the this, this. Let the darkness be separated. Let the this. God wasn't creating something new. The only thing that God actually created was man. He says, now let us make man 
Do you understand? And even that let in itself was more like permit, as in give way and make it possible for that to happen. So it speaks about the expression of a thing that is already existing by reason of purpose. So these things were already existing. If you remember in Genesis chapter one, it was speaking about, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning of time. God does not reside within time. Remember, we're talking about the spirit of the day. God is an eternal spirit and he does not exist within time. God expresses himself through time to humanity, but God is not locked within time. Time is one of the expressions of God. Time proceeds out of God. God himself is not just a person. God is a substance that enables life to come forth. God is the substance and God is the source at the same time. And God is the life that comes out of the substance. So you see, when you talk about God, you are not just talking about a being. God is also a realm in himself. And God in himself is also a kingdom. And God in himself is also a pattern and a system of operation. So when we talk about God, you are talking about multiple, multiple things at the same time. So when he says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there was a time when beginning began. So beginning has got a starting date. That is why it will have an end date. So at some point, I, I hope that the spirit of God will enable me, maybe in one prayer, maybe next month, we'll talk about eternity and eternal life and eternal living. Because you see, people need to understand. And I was telling people, the reason why we have a lot of powerless Christians is because we have a lot of Christians that cannot connect the dealings of their humanity to their eternal life or to their internal inheritance. So you will constantly play small as long as you don't have the big vision. So part of the things that Satan has done is that he has veiled certain aspects of the kingdom from people and certain aspects of scripture and certain aspects of the identity. As long as you are not working with the full picture of who you are, it is impossible for you to fully express everything that you can carry, that you can do or everything that you carry. The full picture of who you are is expedient for the church to be able to release power into the world. And so that is why when we do this prayer session, I try to teach and I pray because you see prayer that is not rooted upon revelation is like shooting bullets in different different directions hoping that one of it will kill your enemy but you see when there is revelation and you pray by reason of revelation you are hitting the target you know exactly what you are coming against. So this morning, what are we dismantling? The works of darkness. We are dismantling the, 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 the mystery or we are demystifying what darkness is. And I pray that as I teach that the light of God will begin to break forth inside of your mind and inside of your spirit so that you will understand. There are people's marriages that have ended not because it was written in the books that it should end, but because darkness attacked your home. And all of a sudden, you could not hear each other. All of a sudden, you could not see each other. All of a sudden, you could not understand each other. And darkness began to walk from coming through the door. Darkness began to permeate and enter in. And darkness was now propagated through the children because darkness went from being an external thing that attacked you. It then became an internal thing that began to breed in the hearts of the people. And as that happened, it was transferred to the children as a nature, as a culture, and as a character. And so darkness is now propagated through the bloodline because somebody did not stand as a light 
bearer. Someone did not stand as a luminary in that generation and dispelled the darkness. And that is the reason why it has been propagating. But this morning, Kelaba Koleba Osene Ikala, Zanvete Vete Vete Kila Sonda. I pray that the Spirit of God will begin to give you the courage that accompanies illumination so that you may war for your light, so that you may war for the light in the name of our Lord Jesus. Kala Nebukorosatia. Kela Maroko Shanda Baraketa. Zofele, 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 Zofele. Vanda, 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 Vanda. Zovele Ketelekele Basuta. I pray that the first lights that will come into your life is God showing to you the different manifestations of darkness, the different areas that darkness has attacked you. In the name of Jesus, I pray that God will begin to show you where darkness has blindsided you in your character, where black darkness has blindsided you in your nature. And you have said, this is who I am and this is how I am. But I want you to understand that you are more than that because what you carry is the spirit of I am. And I am is speaking about a constantly existing unending capacity and ability. He is the will that enables the earth to exist in every form of expression. So if you carry the spirit of I am inside of you, then there is nothing you cannot be. As long as it is necessary and expedient part time and for regeneration, you have the capacity to evolve and you have the ability to grow into every good thing that God has deposited inside of you. So I pray that the Lord will begin to reveal to you the works of darkness, the works of darkness, the works of darkness in the areas where you have been blindsided, the different times where you have lost people, lost opportunity because you could not break out of the prevailing darkness. I pray that this would be the day of deliverance, that this would be the day of liberation in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So you, you begin to realize that God is saying, let's, and you are going to make that prayer this morning. Because every time it was used, it was not speaking about something new that is being created. It was saying, give way to, let there be permission for expression of something that is already existing. So when the Bible says, arise and shine, for your light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you. And in, in, in the New Testament, it began to say, so let your light so shine. So basically he's saying, give permission for the things that God has deposited in you to be revealed. Give permission to it. That means it is possible that our problem is not a problem of resourcefulness or resources. Our problem is a problem of letting. Because you see, when you say let, it's not just that, oh, I have allowed. But you see, when you say let, it begins, number one, with understanding 
that it exists, that there are things that exist inside of you. Understanding that there are things that exist. And that's why I consistently teach about purpose because I found out that the greatest problem people have is not a money problem. It's not a resources problem. It is a knowledge problem, a knowledge of what exists and what is embedded within you. Then, so first of all, is understanding the process of light, of letting begins with understanding. The number two, it begins with desire. The second step is desire. You need to desire to break forth. You need to desire to come forth. You see, that's why Isaac began to say to Esau, he said, Esau, I know your brother has stolen your blessing. I know that so much has been taken from you. He said, but listen to me, in the day that you become restless, his yoke shall be broken from off your shoulder. So from that day, Jacob ceased to be a man. Jacob became a yoke and a burden on the neck of Esau. That was a constant reminder that the things that Esau could have been, somebody is being those things. But Isaac said to Esau, that is not, it's not a problem. Because in the day that you get tired and you now desire to become, because I, uh, Esau, your problem was desire. Because the Bible says you looked upon your bed, you, 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 basically did not give honor to your birthright. So you didn't really understand the need to carry it seriously. That's why it was taken from you. But in the day that you change your posture and you change your position, something will break off you. So when it says, let the light so shine, number one, understanding, number two, desire. Then number three, engagement. You need to engage. And when I say engage, engagement is on different levels. You first need to engage, first of all, from the realm of revelation. So you need to engage revelation because you cannot go to war without understanding the different things that the enemy has put, you know, on the way for you or the things that have been laid to destroy you. So you must roll first, you must engage first of all with revelation. Then as you engage with revelation, number two, you must then engage with resources. So you begin to find out, okay, what are the things that are available to me now that I know what I am dealing with and what I am fighting? What are the things that are available to me? And the then the third level of engagement is now attack. So you begin to attack it. But you see, the problem with attack is that the thing that is worrying a lot of people is that a lot of them are systemic. So Satan did not just attack you on one level. So there are different kinds of, he, his attack is systematized. So sometimes when you want to deliver yourself or you want to liberate yourself from things, you have to go on different levels. So you need to go to the level of foundation because you see, you cannot, if you, you, you actually cannot war or you actually cannot destroy the workings of Satan until you go to the foundation of the problem. So the problem with a lot of people is that we are taking out the roof, we're taking out the, the, the door of the problem, but we are not going to the foundation. And going to the foundation is as simple as renouncing certain things. Renouncing certain things that were announced over you by generations past. And many times you say to me, P.I., how do I know what to renounce? You know because you know the things that are constantly repeating themselves in your life. You know the things that you are constantly struggling with and it seems like you don't have um, control over them. And it almost feels like no matter how long you pray, they are not going anywhere. Sometimes what you just need is to renounce and to stand and acknowledge that, listen, this thing is a problem. I can't seem to know where it's coming from, but it feels like it is intertwined with who I am. But I am not the one that allowed it in. Or maybe I did, but I did not know. But from today, by reason of the blood of Jesus that is made available to me, 
I renounce. I renounce. I renounce any um, partnership. I renounce any engagement. I renounce anything that I have to do with it. I declare that I am separated and I am severed from this in the name of Jesus. Some of you, they took your umbilical cord in the day you were born and they buried it somewhere inside your village. And they said that from today, this one would always be connected to this land. And words were pronounced by they who had authority over your life in the day that you were born. Until tomorrow, you are still behaving like a man from that village. When people stay with you for, when they first meet you, they say, oh, he's such a enlightened woman. Oh, such an enlightened man. Oh, you know, just has a beautiful character. After they've lived with you for like one week, two weeks, they begin to say, this one is a typical Yoruba man. This one is a typical so, so, so. Oh, this is how they behave. And it's almost like they can trace you down to your roots and down to your, it's almost like the very thing that attacked your great-grandfather is still indicated in your life. Listen to me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. It is not just a statement of fact. It is an, it is a, is an artillery that is given to you by heaven. It is a weapon that is put in your hand. Every statement of God, it does not just come to pass because God said it needs the collaboration of a man for it to be established. That's why it seems like there are many promises in the Bible. And that's why it seems like there are many things that were released by God, but we don't see them manifesting through Christians because many Christians believe that as long as the Lord has said it, it is. Everything that God said, men had to go to war with it and sometimes for it. But you see, what the word does is that it releases grace upon a man so that a man can now birth in the humanity the desires of divinity. So you see, the word of God, if any man be in Christ, God is telling you that you are a new creature. But you see, the thing about the realm of the spirit it has, is that it is the realm of knowledge, revelation, and light. You may have it as long as you don't know that you have it. And as long as you don't insist on it, the enemy will cover that aspect with darkness. So that even though it is yours, you will serve Satan to be able to get the crumbs of it. So it is about knowledge. It is about revelation. So you need to be able to understand the foundation. Go back to the foundational things and deal with them by the blood of Jesus. So these are the systems. Then number two, after, if you are dealing with or dismantling the systemic attack of hell, foundational, then you now enter into the, what I call generational, seasonal, national, and locational attacks. Because you see, there are some things, you, if you look at the book of Revelation, Jesus began to speak to the church, but he was speaking to the churches based on location. There are some things that don't affect the Nigerian church, but affects the American church. There are some things that don't affect the church in Canada, but affects the church in Australia. Because you see, we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, demonic spirits, hosts in wickedness in the high places. But understand this, there are principalities. There are those who rule and their work is over territories and their work is over nations and their work is over cities. There are some things that begin to happen to you when you enter certain cities. There are some people who live righteously in one place. Then you enter a city and you begin to feel like, ah, you know, maybe I should go and sleep with somebody or maybe I should, you know, allow certain things to happen. It is because you were unaware of where you just entered or you were unaware of the territory that you just began to engage. So you see, there are different kinds of attacks. So when you look at foundation, the one that is unique to your foundations, you now have to begin to go into the ones that are locational, generational, territorial. 
you know, as it were. And when I say generational, there are some problems that accompany generations. There are some issues that we have today that our grandfathers never had and our mothers never had because it is a generational challenge. And the problem is the enemy looks at a generation and he comes to attack the generation based on spiritual predictions and projections about what that generation will carry. So when you see the prevailing attack upon a generation, you begin to understand what is the gift of God embedded in that generation. So I tell you something, you begin to look, every generation that a deliverer was going to be born, there was widespread genocide. Every time in the time of Moses, the enemy will come and say, let's kill all the children. It is an indication that there is a deliverer that is about to be born. In the time of Jesus, same thing happened. Kill all of them. Why? Because there is a savior that is meant to come out. The enemy cannot really pinpoint, but he can project. And the enemy is an old crooked serpent. So he has the ability to read. And the things that we take for granted, the data that we have that we take for granted, the enemy does not joke with it. Because without data and without information, he cannot operate. He's not all knowing, he's not all understanding, but he is old and he has been here for long. So he doesn't joke with data. Data is an indication for him of times and seasons and the revealing of the sons of God. But we are joking with the information. So upon a generation is a prevailing grace of God. But in the midst of that is also the attack of darkness of running behind the grace of God, trying to overtake it so that a generation does not come to the full knowledge of what God has embedded in them. So you begin to understand also that when you want to then dismantle, you then dismantle locational, generational, you know, national, geographical, and stuff like that. Then the last level is that you go to the level of the individual yourself. Because you see, there are some things that have to be broken down that are unique to you. Unique to you. And I usually tell people, I say, sorry, that echo, I don't know where So I tell people that um, the attack on your life is usually an indication of the weightiness of God that you carry. So you now come down to the individual level and you begin to look and analyze what are the things that are consistently repeated in my life? How does the enemy steal my grace? How does the enemy steal my oil? What happens to me that takes me from the high of prayer reign into the low of every day, every man's problem? You need to study the patterns in your life. Study the patterns so you don't pray amiss. Because you see, your deliverance is embedded sometimes in just one prayer. God, make me consistently aware of X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And give me the grace to handle it every time it raises its head. Father, help me to overcome it until I arrive at the point of dominating it, until it no longer has a hold on me and there is no longer a possibility of it defiling me or breaking me down. The individual level, the individual. So you need to make all of these prayers for you to be able to dismantle the works of darkness, for you to let so when the Bible says let, when the Bible says let, I need you to understand something. It is a system. There is an entire process of letting. So this morning, I want you to pray. And I want you to begin to talk to God. And begin to tell him, Father, open my mind. 
Father, open my mind according to your word and according to the things that you have spoken. Father, help me, oh God, to be able to work with you and partner with you so that your light will be birthed in my life. So that, no, don't say amen to my prayer. Pray your prayer. Don't say amen to my prayer. You pray. Pray for yourself. Where you are today is a product of the prayers you pray. Don't be a lazy believer. Don't be lazy with your articulation. Don't be lazy with your word. Speak, speak. Your word works life. Your word creates. So speak. Speak over your children. Let the light of God shine. I have given you the different levels of Jesus. I say, Father, in the name of God, Remember the first thing I said, I said the first level is a level of understanding. No wonder the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. It is the things that you don't know that can become the stronghold that makes you a captive tomorrow. The things you don't know today becomes the stronghold that leaves you in slavery tomorrow. So you cannot joke with knowledge. So Father, I make that prayer and say, Father, show me. Yesterday I was led to pray. And at night as I was, you know, doing the normal Marrakesh, my husband was playing a sermon. I was listening to a sermon. Um, At the same time, I was going through my Bible and I was praying along with, um, of, of the, with the ministers, he was praying and I was, you know, scrolling through um, um, my blue letter Bible and looking at the meanings of different words and just studying. But at some point, the Lord began to say to me, he said, Isi, pray. Pray that the light will come. And pray that I will reveal to you everyone in your life that is working against you. Huh. I said, Lord, I don't like prayers like that. I don't, I don't really want to know God, you know, just take care of it. And God said to me, he said, Isi, there are certain places you will never enter into and certain levels you will never get to if you don't know your enemies. Hmm. And the Bible says, and Jesus, he knew the heart of man. So he never committed himself to man. There are some people you commit yourself to that you should not even know A or B of your move. They should not, when something good even happens to you, they should hear it on CNN. They should not even know what has happened. You see, so sometimes our problem is, and I, I always say to you guys, it is the enemy within that can open the door for the enemy outside. So sometimes my mother will say things like, when they say, oh, one of us is sick, and they'll say, I'm about to die. My mother will say, no, my picking of you die. My picking of you die. I never give my picking away to the enemy so nothing can take my child. So she has from her traditional knowledge to her knowledge in Christ, there's an understanding that she has about ownership. And she understands that there is something, just even from the traditional sense, about giving your child away. She's like, no, I haven't given this one away. Even I still pray for you 
I still kneel down to pray for you. So it is impossible. I have not let you go. So you need to understand what I'm talking about, about knowing. So the Lord rebuked me yesterday. He said, Isi, the fact that you are saying to me that, Lord, I don't want to pray this prayer is because you are not ready to deal with the revelation that I want to give you. He said, you need courage to be able to embrace the fact that there are people who say they love you, who people, people who may truly love you. But you see, like Peter, they can come and say, Lord, you cannot be killed. And Jesus has to say, Peter, Satan, I rebuke you. Because I know Peter, I love Peter. I know that Peter loves me, but I also know that Satan is walking to Peter right now. I don't think Judas hated Jesus throughout. I feel like Judas got to a point where he just began to complain about Jesus's leadership and just began to feel like, why is he doing things like this? I don't think this is right. I don't think this is right. And Judas opened a door and the enemy was able to enter through the door that Judas opened. What began as complaining ended up as betrayal. Judas did not think that from the first time when he met Jesus and loved Jesus, that he wanted to kill him. He honestly thought he would finish this race with Jesus until some point, something began to shift. And so you need to understand. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, Satan has sought to sift you. He wants to take your life and do it like granite. The way you raise the granite and you will blow the shaft. He said, that's what Satan wants to do with you. Just blow you from the weightiness of the desires of God for your life so that you'll be moving far away from the things that God really wants. He says, but I have prayed for you. And the Lord said to me, he said, you don't know what to pray for for people until you understand the struggles of the people. And so God said to me, this thing I'm telling you to do, it's not so that you will now wake up and say, hey, Kachi wants to come, Father, I begin to pray. Holy Ghost fire, kill them. If you kill them, kill them. What will happen to the portion of eternity embedded in them? There are some people that God has to take away in his time. Do you understand? Because but you will say to yourself, oh, but Judas, he repented. Why did he have to die and hang himself? And say that's a, a sermon for another day. But you see, there are some things that are hidden in the will of God. And there are some things that are your responsibility as a son of God to pray about. There are some restorations. There are some reconciliations. There are some spiritual rehabilitations that have to go on because some people have become drugged by darkness and they have drunk the Kool-Aid of darkness that they, they cannot even, even if you're talking to them about light, it is like, what are you talking about? Some people need to be rehabilitated in the realm of the spirit and God needs to take away so many things and reprogram them onto the culture of light. And so God said to me, is he pray? Because I want to build up your walls and I want to build up your defenses. And I want to establish you and make you a strong city. But in order for that to happen, I need to show you the weak areas. And I prayed. And from last night, the Lord began to show me things in dreams. So understand what I'm talking about, understanding. So this morning, make that prayer and say, Father, show me, oh God. Give me an understanding of what I am dealing with. Father, open my eyes. Let your light permeate and let your light break into my spirit.
God, I don't want to walk around in darkness. I don't want to walk around with a lack of understanding. My God, I ask that in the name of Jesus, there will be an infusion of light. I pray that this light will break in the realm of my spirit, that this light will break in the realm of my soul, that this light will break in the realm of my mind, that this light will break in my body. Father, let me begin to see and realize and understand things that were hidden from me in time. My God, I am tired of struggling under the weight of darkness. Papa, open my eyes. In whatever way, Lord, that you want to reveal it to me, my God, let it come. My God, let it come. My God, let it come. If it be through your word, if it be through a prophecy, if it be through revelation, if it be through vision, whatever it may be, my God, prepare me to receive the revelation that you are bringing to me. Father, I don't want to run away from things that I need to know anymore. I don't want to lie to myself anymore that they don't exist. Oh my God, I pray that your light will break through my spirit and your illumination will come and it will empower me in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to pray about the second level and ask the Lord to give you desire. Ask the Lord to give you desire. Because you see, as we are making this prayer, there are some people here that don't even feel the need to pray. There are some people here that just feel like, okay, yes, ah, may God wake you up. May God wake you up. May God wake you up in the name of Jesus. You know, there was a woman that said to me once, and she said she had just had a baby. And this was like the fourth week or the third week of having a baby. And she was experiencing some attacks and she knew where it was coming from. And she said to me, she said, you know, you see, I know I'm under attack. I know that the enemy is coming against me. She said, but I am so tired from breastfeeding to uh, trying to run my house again, to me getting well, to me. this." And she said to me, she said, I just don't have the strength, you know, to pray or to do any of those things that I used to do. And she said, ah, but I know that this attack, ah, I don't know, you see, just pray for me. And I said to her, I said, I will pray for you. I said, but I want you to hear me now. I said, please try your best to fast and to pray. Even if it's to 12 o'clock or to three o'clock, whatever you can do as a breast minimum. I told her, I said, try your best to do it. I said, because you see the thing that's when Satan, they cook, the, the attack that he's brewing, I said, don't let it be that he will finish it while you are asleep. And then he will lock it in a padlock. And then he will even tie it again, insulate it and throw it into the sea. So that by the time you wake up, it now becomes hard for you to dismantle. Because the attack now has layers upon layers upon layers upon layers. And all that you consistently feel is an overwhelming feeling. Because the Bible says, while men slept, the enemy came and sought us. He does not come to sow except you are sleeping. And sleep is, a, is an indication that a person is detached from the reality of this realm and you have fallen into a, a, a different realm that makes you detached and unaware of what is going on around you. That is sleep. So every time you detach yourself or you become unaware of the true expression and occurrences of the things around you, you are in a sleep. So I told her, I said, don't sleep. 
I said, because by the time you wake up, the only thing you'll be able to say is, ah, an enemy has done this. I said, but for you to not begin to undo what he has done, I said, there are too many layers of captivity by then. So immediately she called me the next day. She said, see, this thing you have said, I could not sleep at night because it dawned on me that this is my children. They want to come for them. This is my business. They want, she said, I can't, I can't see it. I can feel it. She said, so I'm taking a 90 day fast. Listen to me. What I'm telling you about desire, you need to pray it. Because the Bible says it is him that causes us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God wants to bring his good and the standard of good into your life, but you need to desire it. So my God, I pray that you will give me a desire to rise in liberation. My God, I pray that you will toss the weight of desire to come upon me. My God, I ask that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will wake me up, wake me up, wake me up from every bed of sleep. My God, I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that every area where I have gone to bed, when I was meant to be rising up in prayer, when I was meant to be rising up in intercession, when I was meant to be rising up to build the hedge around myself, the hedge around my family, my God, I pray that you will wake up. Baba, take away the slumber of destruction from my eyes. My God, take away the slumber that makes the enemy to steal a man's destiny from him. My God, take it away from me. My God, make me alert, oh God, and awake in a diligent heart. in the name of Jesus, 
little portions of what they should be having as a whole meal. And I pray God that you will teach them what to reject and what to contend for in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that God will not allow you to sell your greatness to sell your influence, to sell your power, to sell your inheritance for a little parcel. But God will put in your heart the vision, the true capacity and what you should have. And he will give you the courage to fight for it until there is an establishment of it in the name of the Lord Jesus. In every area of your life, I pray that God will help you to fight. God will give you the grace to contend once again. To every man that has become weak and you have lost your grace of contention, I pray that God will put your fight back in you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. To that lady, you will no longer compromise. You will no longer compromise, but you will stand for what is right. You will stand for what is true, and your humanity will be in the name of Jesus. You know, the next image that came to my mind was when the sons of Jacob, and I'm going to end now because I know our time is spent. When the sons of Jacob were going to kill the, the land of the people who took their sister and slept with her. They just looked at them. They, they, they didn't say anything. They said, no problem. You want her sister. She, you took her sister by force. And now you come and say, oh, it's actually, we love her. No problem. You want to marry her after you have taken. No problem. You marry her. The only condition for you marrying her is that you all have to be circumcised according to our law. That's the only way we're going to give you our sister. Ah, all the men in the city say, yes, we'll be circumcised. The Bible says, as all of them circumcised themselves that night, from the princes to the servants to the soldiers, that night, the sons of Jacob attacked, and they killed everybody in the, in the city. And they killed all of them. They collected their sister. They dealt with the men of the land. Hear me. As that image came to my mind, I said, oh, but God, that's a fantastic uh, warfare strategy. Even though... Uncle Jacob did not really like it, but I don't really mind if my sons will rise up to fight on my daughter like that. But the Lord said to me, he said, there are some people that are still under the, I don't know, the, let me, Father, give me the, on the expression of what I'm trying to say. There were some circumcisions that the Lord required of you. Mm. And the season, every circumcision must heal to produce mm. an old person. Circumcision is not meant to leave you perpetually in a state of weakness. Circumcision is meant to heal and bring you to a position of strength. It is meant to change your position and your level of operation. That is what the circumcision is for. So you are not supposed to remain perpetually in the weakness of the circumcision. And the Lord said to me, there are some people that the enemy is lying to. And the reason why he's constantly attacking you is that he's constantly bringing condemnation on you and he's constantly reopening your circumcisions so that you are not in a place of strength to fight him. Every time you fall on your knees to pray, all you are constantly saying is, God, I'm sorry, God, forgive me, God. And God is like, I need you to rise up past that point and arrive at the strength that the circumcision was meant to bring. Do not open up yourself to attacks because you constantly see yourself as weak. You are putting a gully between the destiny that God has for you and the, and the right of circumcision that God requires of you. They are not meant to hold you consistently in a state of weakness. They are meant to empower you in strength so that you can now 
ride with the army so that you cannot war with the army so that you cannot stand with the leaders and speak as one and so father in the name of the lord jesus i break that spell i break that line i scatter the eye of satan that he is constantly holding your people down with condemnation i declare that today they begin to see the light of your possibilities in you today they begin to see the light of the fact that you have gone into strength and to praise in the name of our Lord Jesus, that every woman that has consistently received only a wish possible. I pray that that person will see the strength of the gospel. That person will see the light of the gospel. That person will see the light of the gospel. That person will see the capacity of the gospel. In the name of our Lord Jesus. For a season, the Lord said to you, stay away and hide yourself. But he did not say stay away forever. You have overextended certain seasons in your life. You have made a home in the wilderness. And I pray that God will break you out of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that God will fill your mind with the knowledge of grace and occupancy so that you who was in the wilderness without a home, you cannot imagine yourself building a nation. Amen. It is for seasons. Let that season end in Jesus' name. Amen. The last image the Lord showed to me while we're praying is what I call, you, you have to be a Nigerian to understand what they call stubborn head. Stubborn head is not the same thing as you are being stubborn. You are being stubborn means in the moment you are not doing what you are supposed to do. But stubborn head is a state of stubbornness. Where consistently, we call it in Nigeria, hear word. Basically, listen and understand. Please, somebody that can speak English, help me. You understand? Hear word. You need to understand. You need to be in a state of receiving knowledge and understanding. So when they say this person gets stubborn head, that means this person constantly is going against counsel. The phrase that came to my head while we were praying was spiritual stubborn head. And the image that came to me was Jonah. Here is God saying to Jonah, here lies the path of your destiny. Here lies the way that you should go. Here lies where grace is hiding for you. How you can come into power, how you can come into strength. And Jonah is going in the opposite direction. And then Jonah is sleeping in a boat. The boat is about to capsize, kill him and kill, I think, 14, how many other passengers? Jonah was sleeping. Understand what I'm trying to say? Until then I said, what is going on? What's going on? Jonah said, it's okay. It's me that they want to kill. If you carry me and cast me to the sea, you know, you are going to be fine. Uncles and aunties, don't you think something was wrong with Jonah? Don't you think something, what began as daring God by saying, God, I will not go. Satan took it. Understand, Satan is an opportunist. He is constantly, that's why when Cain was jealous of Abel, God came to Cain and said, Cain, what's this thing brewing in your heart? Why are you angry that I'm accepting your brother's own offering and I'm not accepting yours? How about you come to me and say, God, why are you not accepting my boy? I said, let me teach you but you are angry. He says, this state of heart 
Sin is crouching at your door. He desires to have you. That is a state of the enemy. He is constantly crouching at your door, crouching at the door of your emotions, crouching at the door of your decisions, crouching at the door of your imagination, crouching at the door of the position you take. He's waiting. So what began as Jonah saying, ah, and God says I should, but I don't feel like. God says I should, but I don't want to. I know I'm supposed to be in ministry, but ah, P.I., I, I don't just like, I know I'm supposed to partner with this person, but it's just the way. Listen to me. If you are going to be able to establish the kingdom of God upon the earth, you must go past personal desires. If you look at royals, royals don't do effectively by doing what they want to do. Effective royals are able to preserve the throne from generation to generation when they understand that the throne is bigger than them. When they understand that the commission and the mission of the throne is greater than their desires. They begin to do things for the benefit of the kingdom. You have to get into that point where you become at peace with obeying God. Spiritual stubbornhead is not admirable. It is not admirable and you need to break it. And I'm not kidding because somebody is about to get drowned and you're about to take the passengers of your boat with you. The people that God has given you to journey through life with you are about to be drowned and about to be killed because you have refused to own up to the responsibility and the thing that God has asked you to do. To the point that Jonah said, I would rather commit suicide than to obey God. I would rather die and see what's on the other side of life than to obey God. Do you know that, do you know the kind of audacity it takes? It's not a human audacity. It's not a, it, it must be a spiritual problem that makes a person to know what are the things that will happen to you, the possibilities of death. And yes, say I choose death above obedience. This today, I want you to pray for yourself and ask the Lord that anything, because you see some people's own stubborn traits has been backed up by culture, has been backed up by, maybe you heard it come from a spiritual leader. And the person said, you know, I don't know, but, you know, grace of God is available. It's, it may be a statement you heard, and it just locked into your mind that there is room for disobedience. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to give you a heart that is quick to respond. Quick to respond. Quick to respond to his commands. Quick to respond to his decrees. Ask the Lord to help you. That you will not be the kind of person that settles in the midst of a capsizing boat. Ask the Lord to give you the desire and the enablement to break out and to pray. Ask the Lord to reveal to you every kind of systematized captivity that the enemy has laid in your heart as siege. Ask the Lord to break you up and give you a heart and a spirit that is vulnerable to the commands of God. Ask God to help you to desire him again. Ask God to help you to desire him again. Ask God to help you to rise up and he's the only one that you want to hear from, you want to see, you want to embrace. Ask God to help you to be 
quick to respond. Jesus went to Gethsemane and he was praying and his sweat come to blood because he understood the place of obedience and he's like, Lord, let not my will be done, but your will. I want to respond in my flesh, but I need a spiritual response. I need a spiritual response. I don't want to respond. Father, I thank you because you heard our prayers. Yes, Lord. Lord, we come to you today knowing that you are the only one that can help us. Knowing that the Holy Ghost inside of us is able to do a work of transformation. Father, we ask that you will fill us up with the wisdom of the Spirit. Amen. That you will not allow us to use our own hands to break or to scatter the things you are doing. But God, give us the capacity to partner with you effectively. Amen. Give us the capacity to humble ourselves before you. If there be anything inside of us, oh God, that even blinds us to the fact that we are in disobedience, Father, remove it. Amen. Father, remove it. Father, remove it. Father, remove it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let your light break. Let your light break. Amen. Let your light burst from within me. Amen. Let the change start arise in my heart. Yes, Father, as we hold on to your word, as yes, we hold on to your prophecies, as we hold on to your decrees, as we hold on to your command, let light break. Let light break in our homes. Let light break in our businesses. Let light break in our careers. Let light break, oh God, all around us, in our ministry, in our relationships. Let light break. Let us begin to walk and operate in light. My God, show us the things of light and darkness. Help us to be able to separate in our engagement with people and systems the engagement of light versus the engagement of darkness. Amen. us and liberate us by the power of your light. Amen. And help us to stand surely as luminaries upon the earth. Amen. The name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God, I thank you. God, I bless you for the infusion of light. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. No one on this call will stumble and fall Amen. by reason of darkness. Yes. But from today, let the light Amen. Let it grow and let Amen. it become a culture in their lives. A Amen. culture of life. In the name of our Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.